That's right. It's your weekly support group for the uh, for your MLB addiction. My name is Lestro. I've got the attorney with me, always making the case. What's up? What's going on, fellas? I've also got on the other side. He's not a realist. He's the realist. Cisco the realist. How you doing, man? Good, 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 good. Yourself? What's going I'm doing on, all right. I am doing all right. I'll tell you what. It's been a good week of baseball from my point of view. Probably from you guys, too. How's it going out there? Yes, sir. Just, you know, watching the Yankees. They're, you know, they're struggling a little bit last after that winning streak ended. They've lost their last two games, but I'm not concerned. I still got a lot of faith in my Bronx Bombers. I hear that, man. What about you, Cisco? I watched the Yankees uh, this this week with the Red Sox, and, you know, this year it's been a very interesting year, man. A lot of strikeouts. It has. We will get to that a little bit later in the show. We are going to talk about this year being the year of the pitcher so far. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, let's uh, let's start the show the way we always start the show and find out what you've been watching. Attorney, what got you going this week, man? You you know, I was pretty excited for Matt Harvey to, to get out of Queens, to get out of New York City, because everybody knows Matt Harvey. The talent's been there, but the last few years, it just, you know, it hasn't showed. It hasn't produced any results. I'll tell you I what, said Attorney, this... I am happy for anybody to get out of Queens. That, <laughs> that's true, Mr. Phillies fan. But, <laughs> but you know, I always thought, hey, if Matt Harvey could somehow get out of New York City and, and get out of the, uh, the, the pressure cauldron that is New York City, I think he can rejuvenate his career. And they traded him to Cincinnati. Everybody knows Cincinnati is one of the worst teams in the major leagues this year. Absolutely terrible this year. So, yeah. So, I think – I mean, and the thing is with Matt Harvey, he's a free agent after this season. So, I think the rest of this season he could pretty – you know, find himself again in Cincinnati, prove to the world that he's, he's a good pitcher, and then hopefully get that, that big contract this offseason when it's time for him to sign it. But, but my, I think that Matt Harvey, in order to be the Matt Harvey again, he has to go to a team, a, a media market – where there's not too much pressure. I just think it's proven that Matt Harvey can't really be a, an elite pitcher when there's a lot of pressure on him. That's what I was going to ask, is going to the Reds, because, I mean, he's going to be stashed in Cincinnati then for, for uh, the season. This is not a team anybody's watching. So the pressure is off him to perform. Is that good for him, and will he get the recognition? You know, will the, the eyes turn to him, do you think, if he does well, even in Cincinnati? I mean, last night I was watching MLB Tonight, and they kept <laughs> putting that – they kept putting that game on to, to see what Matt Harvey was doing. So Matt he Harvey is, is still is relevant. Yes, he is still relevant. People still want to see Matt Harvey and see how Matt Harvey pitches. And last night he pitched – he was on a pitching uh, – an innings limit because it was his first start with the Reds. He went four innings, didn't give up a run, and I believe he had three strikeouts. Only in four innings, but four innings without giving up a run, <laughs> that's an accomplishment for Matt Harvey. Agree. I think it was actually two strikeouts and uh, only one hit over those yes. innings, too. Uh, one pitched hit. Yep. pretty well last night. I think that is a, a good start to uh, to Matt Harvey's career in Cincinnati, however long it is. Could you think he could be a guy that if he puts it together, we see him traded again this season? Is it possible to be traded twice a year, you know, at, at no. mid-season? No, you don't think? You don't no, think Matt I... Harvey ends up on a team that's trying to make a run? No, I don't think so because, you know, that team wants to probably see a little bit more from Matt Harvey instead of, you know, three or four starts. Now, now, if Matt Harvey produces the rest of the season in Cincinnati and pitches well the rest of the season in Cincinnati, I think there will be a lot of suitors for him this offseason willing to sign him to a long-term contract. But in terms of a team having to trade more prospects to get Matt Harvey this year, I don't, I don't think it would happen. All right, Cisco, what about you? You watching Matt Harvey at all or are you watching something else out there? 
No, no, I'm not watching my heart rate. I'm watching these mats, right? <laughs> I'm not watching my heart rate, my heart rate. I'm watching Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, boy, he I, had a great night. I saw him Sunday, twelve straight strikeout. He had fifteen strikeout. If he hit, he if he, they would have let him going, if he, they didn't baby these guys, he probably would have twenty strikeout in that game, because he was totally. He was totally dominating last Sunday. And then last night he came back with 11 more strikeouts. Yeah, last I mean, night, last night he had 11. Yeah, this guy, this guy is the best pitcher in baseball. And I'm sick of saying it. And this guy, his best year are still not ahead of him. You know what? Credit where credit is due, Cisco. You said this at the beginning of the season. You were like, I'm sick of all this Clayton Kershaw talk. Max Scherzer is the guy. And I'll tell you what, this year, Max Scherzer is proving it he had two consecutive Cy Young awards and cruising through the first part of this season already looks looks like looks like a world beater out there like a guy you don't ever want to face can I get some credit too I said that as well I said that as well and you guys you guys picked this out right at the beginning that this was uh this was the guy and not Kershaw and that has proven to be the case here shoot he had the go-ahead hit last night for the Nets too that's ridiculous yeah, he is ridiculous. This guy, this guy is throwing stimulated. This guy has so many, some innings that has been stimulated. High strikeout twenty, and he's doing things that are impressive. Twelve straight, he's dominating in all aspects of the game, and he's not getting the credit. Everybody thinks he's still Clayton Kershaw, and he's not. And this year he's gonna prove that that's not the case. Because every year he's like, oh, he won the Cy Young because Clayton Kershaw didn't pitch, and that's not true. Do you think Scherzer's going to be enough, though? Is this going to be his chance to get in the postseason? Is that what he's going to need here? Well, neither of these guys really have any postseason sort of uh, to show for it. So, well, well, he doesn't need he doesn't really need the postseason because he's been okay in the postseason. What he needs to do is win the Cy Young with Clayton Kershaw being healthy, and that's going to happen this year. It certainly looks news, that way. Because the you news know. has been that Clayton Kershaw is not healthy. That that's why Max no. Scherzer has won the Cy Young over the last two years. You you know why Max Scherzer doesn't get the credit and the the, the notoriety that Clayton Kershaw gets? It's because Clayton Kershaw the past two seasons has made deeper postseason runs than Max Scherzer. Last season at the World Series, the year before that, the NLCS. And yes, Kershaw hasn't pitched well in the postseason, but he's making deeper runs. And 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 the the people that vote for the Cy Youngs and the people that vote who's the best pitcher in baseball. They see more of Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. Max Scherzer wow. and the Nationals have to make a deeper run because wow. up until this year, when you well. talked about the Nationals, Cisco, hear me out for a second. Well. When you talked about the Nationals, what was the first thing you would always say? Oh, they've underachieved. Yeah. They've disappointed in the postseason. Can't they have to make it. This is the year they win. The... <laughs> yes, and, that's, and, that, and that prevents people from giving Max Scherzer the credit he deserves because the team that he's on is, is underachieving. Well. So the Nationals have to make a deep run for Max Scherzer to get the, the credit well, he deserves. You know, that well, could be said for his AL well, team, too. Wasn't he a Tiger before he came over? Well, he pitched in a World Series with Detroit. Detroit made a World Series with him. Yeah, well, that, just that one so, one. Cisco, go for it. Well, attorney, if people are watching Clayton Kershaw in the postseason, and that's the reason for having him being the best pitcher in baseball, they are crazy. They are, <laughs> Not necessarily they are the best. Looking, no, no, they, no. Are looking at, they are looking at the opposite. They are, no, no, they are not insane. 
not necessarily the best pitcher, but the pitcher that gets talked about more compared to Max Scherzer. It's always clean, Kershaw, clean, Kershaw, clean, Kershaw. He gets criticized for getting lit up in the postseason. He's a horrible postseason pitcher. I agree. I think I've been saying that. I think uh, I think the reason is, is be, it, it's I think it's very simple. I think the reason is that Clayton Kershaw pitches in Los Angeles, which has a big spotlight on it. He's got the long hair. He's out there, you know. He's a little bit flashier. Max Scherzer is just a grinder. He, he's in he's in the nation's capital. He's in, he's in D.C., which is a big media market, but it's not L.A. And he you know, just he just goes to work, man. There's nothing flashy about Max Scherzer. He just gets in and gets it done. He's like that that Nolan Ryan style. Just shows up and pitches. You know what I mean? My friend told me the other day. I ran into him right at the morning. He told me, "Listen, you know how he have two different eyes." That's the yeah, same, yeah, yeah. That's the same way that he pitches. He confuses you. <laughs> <laughs> but but let but let's show. Wouldn't you agree? Say the Nationals make a deep postseason run this year. They get to the World Series, and Max Scherzer pitches excellent. The Nationals win it, they lose it. doesn't matter. They made the World Series. Then next year, instead, when you talk about the Nationals, you're not talking – like, next preview for next season. When you talk about the Nationals, you're like, oh, this team is a team that needs to show up. No, you're talking about, oh, Max Scherzer is the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. Because of the postseason success that they well, had. Well, also, if the Dodgers the run they fall had. out of it and don't make it, you know what I mean? Like, if, if, the, if the Dodgers are out of the discussion, which, as of now, they, they're pretty much out of discussion, and we will get to this a little bit later as well. But uh, the Dodgers being a little bit out of the discussion – if, if we're not talking about the Dodgers, then we're not talking about Clayton Kershaw, and we will be talking about Max Scherzer. I think even I think this year he is making a name for himself above and beyond the Nationals uh, and, and whatever they're doing. I think Scherzer's a reason to watch that team right now because uh, they're they're starting to right their ship, but but he is really worth watching as a pitcher. I think I think they make a deep run. You have to talk it. And I think the difference is, I think uh, the general population, the general consensus, the general baseball watching fan thinks Kershaw, but I think the players and I think the the, the people watch who watch the game uh, think Scherzer, and I think that's why he gets the Cy Young is because is because the people who know baseball know Scherzer, whereas the people who watch baseball watch Kershaw. You know, in a game in a game seven, winner takes all. You definitely want Max Scherzer on the mound over Clayton Kershaw. Absolutely. I want, I'll tell you who I want. I want either Scherzer or Verlander. That's who I want out there. Yes. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, boys, you know what I've been watching this week, or more to the point, not watching, is I have been not watching these stupid fucking Facebook games. Have you guys had to deal with any of this yet? As no. a Phillies no. fan, I have had to now put up with three of the games not being available on any format except Facebook Live. It's awful I, and I don't know I don't know why we're being punished in Philadelphia having three of these games so far I think there's three more in the year but it's just been ridiculous there's been no TV coverage of three games because they're on Facebook live they look like garbage there's constantly comments going on in the side I don't care what some moron in the middle of the country watching this game gives crap about the Phillies I just don't care I don't I, I don't it's driving me nuts have you guys had to watch any of these yet no, no, no. No, would you watch a game on Facebook? That's the question. Is it is it the kind of thing where you're like, oh, I need to get my phone out and watch watch this game on my phone? This, you know what, Lester? This is perfect. This brings back to our point last week when we were talking about how you know some people think baseball is boring and not entertaining. Now it's a regular season game on Facebook, a regular season nine inning baseball game on Facebook. Sorry, Lestro. It's just not cutting it for me. I'm not. I'm not sitting on Facebook for nine innings to watch a me baseball. Neither, game. And it's my I'm not game. doing it. 
Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. Maybe Game 7 of the World Series or the ALCS, NLCS, maybe. Maybe a playoff game, sure. But a regular season game, nine innings on Facebook, come on. No way. Maybe if, maybe if Max Scherzer was pitching, right? Maybe we'll get back to that. You know, there's too, there's too many pretty girls on Facebook, man. I'm going to be scrolling through the pictures. Right, I'm, you know, not, like I'm it. not on Facebook for a single thing. I got to keep, yeah. keep it moving. Keep it yeah. moving. Exactly. All right, so let's uh, let's get into the heart of the order here. Uh, we got a couple things to talk about. We were talking about the other pitcher. We were talking about the Dodgers. We want to talk about some disappointments. We got to talk about the, the Mets just falling apart. But I want to begin with the uh, with the Yankees Red Sox battle this week because this battle for uh, for supremacy in baseball was something to watch. I am not a, a Yankees or Red Sox fan. We know that. I'm a Phillies fan. I watched at least part of all of these three games. This was this was must see baseball once again. I love that this rivalry matters, even though I don't like these teams. You guys, obviously, as fans, you're in the cities. What was it like in New York? What was it like in Boston for for this week when these two teams met at the top of baseball? Well, watching the games and then hearing multiple players and people that were at the game, they were saying that Yankee Stadium was as loud as it's been in the last 10 years, the old stadium and the new stadium. They they Actually, a better way to say it, they said during these this three-game series, Yankees-Red Sox, Yankee Stadium was as loud as the old stadium used to be. And the old stadium, how loud it used to get, it's, it's legendary yeah. how loud that stadium used to get. And they said this past series with the Yankees and Red Sox, you know, the Brett Gardner triple, the Aaron Judge home run to center field off Kimbrell, they said that stadium at those two moments was as loud as it, was, it used to be in the old stadium. So that tells you, Yankees fans and Red Sox fans, these early season series and series in general between the two teams, Yankees, Red Sox, they matter. And, you know, they, they, it's going to be a long series until – long season until, until September because they got a couple more series to play against each other. And each, and each series is going to be just as crucial as the last one. Now, Cisco, you're a Yankee fan stashed up there in Boston. What was the scene like in Beantown this week? People, people were expecting to, for the Red Sox to really – take care of the division like this week but they this is, have... the Red Sox fans thought they were putting it away this week yeah yeah they thought they were gonna they thought they would be the Yankees uh North three games they were not expected to they were not expected to have to have just win one game yeah well that was that what ended up happening was the Yankees took two or three from the Red Sox they went ahead of them in the division at one point and then when the Red Sox came back to win the uh, the final game of the series. The two teams ended the series tied for the best record in baseball. And that, that's a fantastic, I think that's great for baseball. I don't, I don't know, as, as it, not even a fan of the teams, that's great for baseball. It's the first time since 2002 that the Yankees and Red Sox both had the second, first and second best record in the major leagues playing against each other. That's a great stat. That was that yep. was at the height of that rivalry back 2002. Oh, yeah. man. that was that was yep. when the only thing that mattered was Yankees Red Sox. Everything it was you, that was that was Warriors Cavs. That was what we expected. Yeah, exactly. And I think this Yankees team is better suited. I, I know I'm a Yankees fan and a homer, but in reality, I think this Yankees team is better suited to win the AL East than the Red Sox. They have more depth. They have money. <laughs> to, they have money and prospects to make a deal at the deadline. You know the the Yankees the Yankees catchers the situation the catcher situation between two te- both teams is just night and day. The Yankees obviously have Gary Sanchez, the the catcher for the Red Sox, Christian Velasquez. He's hitting one ninety five. That's his batting average, and that's gonna that's gonna be crucial come come postseason as well. You know this this Yankees team is just a better team and better depth and just 
I think a better overall team than the Red Sox. I uh, I actually tend to agree with you on this, and I also say that uh, you're right about having the the space and the cap space and not cap space. There's no cap, uh, but having the uh, having the money, having the uh, having the the pieces. The Yankees are better positioned right now to to aid this team in mid season. You know. Exactly. They have more prospects, and they're under luxury tax as well. Now, I gotta say, speaking of that. Let's talk about, I'm not sure who posted this one, but in a pure Yankee fan move, you got the best record in baseball. You took two or three from the Red Sox. You're fighting for the top of the division. And somebody was like, should we go out and get Madison Bumgarner? Who? That was the attorney. That was the attorney. Attorney, make the case here. Why do the Yankees need Madison Bumgarner? Listen to me. What is the, what's the overall goal? What's the end goal for this Yankees team? Win the championship. Parade exactly. in the Canyon of Heroes. Exactly. How many world championships has Madison Bumgarner won? A handful. Isn't he like three or four? Three of them. Three of them. Over 100 career playoff innings for Madison Bumgarner. He has ERA 2.11. In the postseason, over 100 playoff innings. An ERA of 2.11 in the playoffs. Three-time World Series champion. October success. You know, the pressure of New York City and the pressure of winning a World Series in New York City will not be too much for Madison Bumgarner. Yes, San Francisco and New York City, it's a big difference. But in terms of overall, you know, playing in October, Madison Bumgarner is the perfect pitcher for the Yankees. Because he's been there and done it three times. I mean, and it is an even year, so he's got a shot at it again. But, but uh, oh, yes. let's, uh, I gotta, I gotta back up for a second, though. Why do the Yankees need him? They have the best record in baseball. Why are you, why would you want them to go out and get, and spend the money and get this dude when, when they just, they don't appear to need him at the moment? At the moment, they don't need him because the pitching staff is let's not let's not sugarcoat it. The pitching staff for the Yankees has overachieved. Besides Severino, you know Tanaka's been inconsistent. You know he's been hit or miss. CC has been good, but you know CC's thirty eight years old, has yeah. a lot of mileage on his arms. Jordan Montgomery, you know he, he's injured. CC hasn't he had was a playing. full good season in several. Exactly. Now don't get me wrong. I count on I would count on CC in a playoff game. But Absolutely. Would I would I put money? On CC Sabathia in a playoff game, probably not. You know who I would put money on? You know who I would put money on in a playoff game? Madison Bumgarner. I put my life savings on Madison Bumgarner in a game seven, coming out on top because he's been there, done that three times. And if this Yankees team wants to compete with the Astros, they got to get another pitcher. And I don't mean a, a second tier pitcher. I mean a top of the line starting pitcher. And that guy is Madison Bumgarner. And there it is. If they want to compete with the Astros, who have the best staff in baseball, with 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 a ton of aces making out their entire staff, that's that's the key. In a short series, do they have the the arms to go against a team like the Astros? But but Cisco, you're listening to all this. You're a Yankee fan. What are you thinking on this? Should they should they uh, should they try and and pick up another guy, or is this just silly talk well, too early well, in the season? Well, the 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 Madison Bumgarner idea of that trade, I thought about it plenty of time. I think that's the guy they should go after. But there's another guy that I have in mind that I think they should go after because look, they're not getting Max Scherzer. Because <laughs> no, 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 no. Because because what it is with Madison Bumgarner is that when San Francisco San Francisco is very close in that division, so if San Francisco can make a run, they're not gonna trade him. But do you but do you look at the San Francisco Giants and realistically think they could win a World Series? They can if they get in, we might even I don't think they, they can realistically win the division. If exactly. they listen, let's go. They are very close right now. If they are there and they can make a run towards the end of the season, 
at least to get into the wild card, and they get in. We have seen the history with them. Yes. But they get in. You're right. But the Yankees – oh, Trust they, me, you're talking to a guy who got beat by Cody freaking Ross. <laughs> when, they get in, when they get in with Madison Ball, uh, they have gone to the World Series. Do you know what the kicker is for me and the Yankees with Madison Bumgarner? He's not even a free agent until next offseason. He has a $12 million option after this season. So, realistically, if the Yankees trade for him, they'll have him for the rest of this season and then all of next season until they have to face the contract talks with Madison Bumgarner. It's a win-win. Well, not a win-win because they'll have to probably trade two or three prospects yeah. to get him. But if you're uh, going all in to win a World Series this year, this is crazy talk. I can't think of a pl- – listen, here's why. Look, 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 Lester, Cisco, real quick. Last year, the Dodgers traded for you, Darvish, to come in and be that ace to, to help them win a World Series. That ace to pair with Kershaw to help them win a World Series, correct? But yes, you, Darvish, coming from Texas to L.A., the big media market that L.A. is, he couldn't handle it. Madison Bumgarner coming from San Francisco, where he won three World Series championships, to New York City. He's been there, done that in October. It won't be too much for him. Listen. So that's why I say the Yankees, if they're going to trade for any pitcher – it should be Madison Bumgarner. Listen, if they're gonna have to I, give up prospects, a lot of prospects, it should be Madison Bumgarner only. I have a. I'll tell you what, I man. You are a, bringing back the '90s with a Yankee fan like I have another, you know, the Team is the best in I baseball. Getting a new guy, I have another guy in mind that can be just as good or even better because he's in the American League. Let's hear it. Who, who you like? Felix Hernandez. Ooh. Oh, I got, I got Felix Hernandez. If the Felix, show. if Felix Hernandez go to New York. Forget it. His motivation is going to elevate to the next level, and we can have a similar run like but, like the Astro D last year, or or like when we got David Cohn. If hey. Hernandez can go, if the Yankees, if the Mariners are not in contention, that's the guy that Yankees should get. And trust me, they won't C- regret it. Cisco, can I tell you something? Felix Hernandez, his ERA, I believe, this year is in the mid fours. Not pitching very well. It, it's it's actually it's actually higher than that. Yes. Uh, speaking of that, let's let's transition here because we're talking a lot about pitchers, and then we're talking about you know you bring up Felix Hernandez. So uh, I actually have him on my my list of disappointments for the season. I can't believe that anybody would talk about trying to go for him this year. Let's. Uh, what do you want to talk about first? But, you talk about uh, the year of the pitcher, or but real real quick, going back to to Cisco saying he wants to trade, he wants the Yankees to get Felix. If if Felix isn't producing with the Mariners in Seattle, who are they have one of the top five offenses in all of baseball. They're scoring a lot of runs for Felix Hernandez. It's not yep. it's not mattering for him. Listen. In Seattle. So if he's gonna come to New York City where the Yankees are still scoring runs, it's the same thing as Seattle, but more pressure. What thinks what makes you think he's gonna turn around in New York he's City gonna, if he can't produce in Seattle? He's gonna turn it around this year. He'll turn the corners around this year. When he goes to a team, because the Mariners they're not going to stay there. By the time that he's ready to turn it around, they're going to be falling off. When he turns it around, if he goes to a winning team, he gets sick of being there, man, losing. Cisco, years. this is three years in a row that Felix Hernandez has a pitch well. Maybe, maybe he's cooked. Maybe he's done, maybe he's he done does, for. Listen, it doesn't matter. Berlander, Berlander was cooked. Berlander even lost velocity. Bro, Verlander's pit. Bro, Verlander. Verlander pitched in a World Series, bro. Felix Hernandez never even made a po- pitch in the postseason. The Mariners never even made the think, postseason. I also think Verlander gave up on his team. I think. I think. Uh, 
I think Felix is, is getting close to washed, you know? Exactly. Like I said, the Tigers made the playoffs every single year. Verlander had postseason experience listen, when he went to Houston. Right now, right now, agents, I guess, we, we are guessing because we don't know what's going to happen. No. Felix so is not – I don't want no pitcher coming to my team in the middle of a pennant race that's never pitched in the postseason before. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. Well, let's talk about pitchers because this year has been like a rejuvenation of the pitcher. We've seen home runs and batters dominate the game for the past couple of years. And so far this year, we have seen pitchers just rule the game. There have been more strikeouts than hits this year. We've seen three no hitters already uh, so far this year. We saw, let's see, uh, the, the, the guy for the A's. We saw the combined Manaya, one for the, uh, Manaya. Manaya at the A's. We saw the combined one for the Dodgers. And then just this week, uh, James Paxton for the uh, for the Seattle Mariners up there in, in Toronto uh, pitched himself a no-hitter in front of the Canadian crowd. Now, this has been just a couple of fun notes on this. This is the, the first time a Canadian pitched a no-hitter in Canada. This was also the first time that we've seen three no-hitters in three different countries because the Dodgers' uh, combined no-hitter happened in Mexico. But what is going on this year, guys? Why are pitchers dominating? What's happening? I really don't have an answer for that. Well, so so far, so far that so far, is still so far is still kind of cold. The weather is but, not really the weather is not a warm weather. But wouldn't that affect yeah. pitchers more than hitters? No. Well, you're saying we haven't got into hitting season yet. The ball's not carrying as much. Is that part yes, of the like like? But that doesn't explain the strikeouts. Well, that's right. Well, the the strikeout. There's a lot of teams that are a strikeout team, like the Yankees. Are a team that strike out a lot. In yeah, the there's more there's more power hitters in today's game. A lot of power hitters only. Like in the post strike season, out or home runs. In the postseason, we're gonna see this Yankee team strike out a lot. They're gonna need the pitchers to really do what they did last year, because if it's not well, you know, you talk about the Yankees being a team that strikes out a lot. That is actually one of the theories uh, when you get back to look at this. There are guys that are swinging more this year. The reason the reason there are more strikeouts is because uh, the analytics and the young uh, math watching managers like Boone uh, are watching the analytics, which say swing. You, you know, it's one of those like you, you miss every pitch you don't swing at, and so they're encouraging guys to swing more because they figure you got the power, you just got to swing. So there is more guys swinging this year because of analytics, and that's leading to to strikeout increases. Uh, you think that makes sense? It, it may, you know, it makes sense because a guy like Altuve is a striker, is a striking out more than he usually does. Right, and he's he's got his game going. He's just a he's a hitter. He's he's doing what he's doing. But you got some of the bigger power hitters, like in Philly, for example. We got guys like striking out like crazy, but we don't care because they're also hitting better than they have in previous years. You know, they're striking out more, but when they're not striking out, they're hitting. Yes. Well, do you think, is this worrisome from your point of view for either of you? I mean, I actually don't mind a shift back toward the pitcher. I think, I think with better pitchers, the games get tighter. I think uh, there are technical difficulties there, but I think we're back on bases. What happened? Man, sorry, fellas. My fucking cocksucking assholes and my fucking work, my job. Call me if I want fucking overtime. No, I don't fucking want overtime, bitches. I'm on base heads. <laughs> we don't do overtime at base heads. Now, offer him some extra innings, and maybe we'll do it that Motherfucker, way. man. My fault, fellas. My fault. 
All right, so we were talking before uh, before we were so rudely interrupted by reality. We were uh, we were talking a little bit about the the year of the pitcher with the strikeouts up. Now I was saying that I don't really mind too much that the uh, that the games are, are leaning toward the pitcher because I kind of like the uh, the speedier game, the the more punctuated offense. What about you guys? Are you at all concerned about the game the pitchers are dominating? No, because like like uh, like Cisco said, and you you said it too last year. It could be the weather. It wants to, you know, once the summer like really hits and it starts to heat up, and I mean like 90 degrees, 95 degrees, and baseball weather really arrives, I think we're gonna see a lot more home runs and just a lot more. I'm, the, I, we're gonna see a lot more hitters dominating instead of the pitchers dominating. You think it's the pendulum swings back? What about yes. you, Cisco? Well, I mean, I think the game has been more about the pitchers lately in recent years, so I think it's gonna continue. We're just gonna see more home run and stuff like that like with this last year but the game is dominated by the pitcher like last year was actually a really good year for the offense but more, mostly it's been the pitcher over the last five or six years we're seeing finally baseball is starting to you know get back to the point where you know post uh, expansion post all of that where we've got we've got good pitchers on on every team now just about where there's there's guys who can throw and we're seeing more guys throw harder, throw more pitches coming into the game. That is, it's always a pendulum, man. Offense starts to go, and then defense starts to go. Base uh, pitchers go, hitters go, and it seems like where the pendulum is swinging back towards pitchers right now. I guess, I guess you're right. We'll see when hitting season, uh, as Charlie Manuel likes to say, kicks in uh, later this year when the humidity descends and the balls start to carry a bit more. But I don't know. I'm actually kind of enjoying this. I like, a, I like a good pitchers duel. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, let's uh, let's change uh, topics a little bit here. Now, now, Cisco, you actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna reorder some things a little bit because Cisco, you wanted to talk about the NL East, and I am all for that, man. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, about the Braves and the Phillies of all teams at the top of the NL East. But before we get into that, we would be remiss to talk about the NL East without mentioning that the Mets have fallen out of favor. We talked in the beginning whether the Mets could hang on. I don't think any of us believed the Mets could hang on to what they were doing at the beginning of the year, and they have not. In fact, they had one of the most Mets moments I have ever seen this week when they screwed up their own lineup. Did you guys see this? Yes, it was pathetic. But I was actually talking – well, not talking, but I heard Aaron Boone talking about it, and he said that – Aaron Boone said it would never happen to him. It never happened to his team, but he said that he understands why it could happen and why it might happen. But still, in major leagues, it's inexcusable. <laughs> the Mets batted out of order. It cost them an out. It cost them a chance. It ended an inning for them because they sent guys up out of order based on what the lineup the- card was. Now, now Mickey Callaway, the Mets manager, has taken the blame for this, but I personally am putting the blame on Ruben Amaro Jr., the worst GM in the history of GMs, who now is a, a bench coach with the Mets. I blame him somehow. I figure Ruben had to screw this up. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The umpire that umped that game and, and, and was the guy that, you know, noticed that. He said that he hasn't seen that happen in 32 years. And it happened in the minor leagues the last time it happened. <laughs> you know? Sounds like a Mets mistake to me, man. But Aaron Boone was talking about it. And he said that there, when, when Aaron Boone makes his lineup card, he has a guy. I think it might be the bench or the third base coach, Phil Nevin, for the Yankees. I think he's in charge of it. When Aaron Boone makes the original lineup card, he makes three copies. One goes to them, one goes to the home plate umpire, one goes to the opposing team. And then 
there's the, they have a book, a, a whole manual, and they check it, and they and they it may, they make sure every batter that's on the lineup card is. It, 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 it was a bunch of different details that I really can't explain. But long story short, Aaron Boone and the Yankees staff go, you know, go to odds to make sure that that type of situation never happens. Well, as we've seen this happen, this has been uh, it's been part of the Mets' downfall. They were at the top of the NL East uh, through uh, through early. April through mid-April, they looked pretty good. The staff was doing well. They seem to have fallen apart and meted it, and they are dropping, which has left the NL East open for the Braves and the Phillies to step in as the top two teams in that division. And, Cisco, you wanted to talk about these two teams stepping up. What uh, What's your thoughts on this? Well, the Mets, it came down to the same thing, the injuries. Cepedes is the guy he got hurt. Uh, Senegal. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him. Is the injuries with Ahmed? That's the only problem with Ahmed, is injuries. Well, that's not the only problem with the Mets, but you know, <laughs> that's, the, that's the main problem. With but him. you want What about the Phillies and the Braves? They are uh, right now at the top of the NL East. Is Atlanta the young Atlanta Braves team at twenty-two and fifteen, followed closely a half game back by the Philadelphia Phillies, twenty-two and sixteen, who by the way lost to the Mets in embarrassing fashion on Friday night. That was that was the kind of that's a gut punch of a game where you give up two home back to back home runs in the ninth inning to lose it. But uh, but Atlanta and Philly with their young teams right now at the top of this division, Cisco. How are they doing it, and can they stay here? Philly is going to stay there. Philly's going to be – Philly might be the best team not to make the playoffs. <laughs> That's the tallest midget. You know, you know who's, like, one of the most underrated players in baseball and one of the most underappreciated players in baseball? That's Freddie Freeman, man. This kid's a stud. This guy's a stud, Freddie Freeman. And the Braves, yeah. I agree. First baseman out there. Yeah. So uh, – He's been stashed on a bad team. Yep. Philly, Philly has, Philly have the, Philly have the pitching and they do have a lot of young players that are good. And so does the Braves too. So, I mean, they are very young, but Philly's a, Philly has a little bit more experience. I think Philly will, will hang in there. Do you know the Braves have the two youngest players in the majors on their team? Really? Yes. The two uh, youngest on the Braves? Acuna and, and Abilis and, Abil- and uh, Ozzy Abilis. And both of them are keys to that team's success so far. But there's some young guys on the Phillies side, too, that are, are keys to their success. Having a breakout year right now for the Phillies is their young pitcher. I think it's his second year is Aaron Nola. And then the guy that didn't start on opening day now has a ridiculous uh, on-base streak going. And Odubel Herrera is powering the uh, the Phillies. It's a breakout year for Herrera. It's a, it's a, a year where Nola's coming into his own. Cisco, I know you wanted to talk about these two guys, too. Well, Odubel Herrera, he's having an amazing year. I mean, he led in the league in batting average. <laughs> and and it looked like he finally clicked it together. It he looks like he's like, finally paying attention to every pitch. Yes, it looked like he finally and right now right now if he keep this up and Philly made a position and he could he could be an MVP candidate. And I feel very strong about him. Trivia he's, question. Who were the last two Phillies to win the MVP award? Uh, Ryan, Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins. Back to back, right? Yeah. Seven yeah. and eight, I think. Eight yeah. and nine. One of, the, one of those two years. Seven and eight. I'll take that any day because I think uh, – No, 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 no. It was six 
It was so six. Was six and seven. It was six, oh, and, six seven. and seven. It was before yeah. they started their run. So, uh, but I think Odubel Herrera is a guy who was the all-star last year for the Phillies and a, a team that really didn't deserve to have an all-star. Everybody's got to have one. It was Odubel Herrera, and he has been for a while. The questions about Herrera and from a Phillies fan is that he seems to get distracted every like six or seven games, you know, like he, he plays real hard for a while and then seems to have his head in the clouds for a few games where he's making stupid mistakes. He's got his eye off the ball. He's, he's swinging in the dirt. He's, he's not paying attention, but over this run that the Phillies have been on Herrera has been focused. And I think you're right, Cisco. I think this could be, you know, up for lack of a, a better term, a breakout year for Odubel Herrera. Yes, I think he's finally got it together. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. All right, so let's uh, let's transition here again uh, from teams that are surprising and guys that are doing the breakouts. Now, now, attorney, you wanted to talk disappointments, which I I love. It's it's a perfect uh, New York sort of moment here. You uh, you had some thoughts on some guys who are are disappointing you this year. You want to talk pitchers or hitters first? I'll go. I'll go pitcher. I have a pitcher and a hitter, but I'll talk about the pitcher first. All right, let's talk about your uh, your disappointing pitcher of the year. Who you got? Yeah, that's that's Marcus Stroman for me, man. Oh, for the Blue Jays. You know, he's one of my favorite pitchers in the game, just because of the way he carries himself, his mound composure, and his poise. I always I love that about him. Plus, he's short. He's only five nine. He's always five. I think five nine, and I'm only five, five, eight, seven. five nine. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And I'm only five seven. So any player in sports that's short and and has success being short, you know, I kind of feel like I relate to them because I always thought I'd be a professional athlete, but the height, you know, held me back. That's what but, I like to tell people too. Yeah, but but anyway, yeah, Marcus Stroman last year he had an ERA three point oh nine. You know, he he got some side young votes. They thought this would this would be the year. This upcoming this season right now would be the year that he really broke out and put it all together and had a true Cy Young Award type of season, but so far he just went on the ten day DL the other day. But up until that point, he had a seven point seven one ERA in thirty seven innings. He's walked eighteen batters, so not getting the strikeouts, walking too many batters, giving up too many home runs, and just not the ace that the Blue Jays anticipated him being. Now, like I said, he's on the ten day DL, but so far this season it's been an ultimate utter disappointment for Marcus Stroman. Yeah, he is 0-5, but let's be honest, that entire rotation up there right now has been something of a disappointment. Yes, true, very true. What about you, Cisco? You got any uh, any pitchers that you've been watching this year that are disappointed? I'll tell you mine, because you mentioned him earlier, is, is Felix Hernandez. I think uh, I think Felix, at an ERA of 528, is not necessarily what they want right now uh, in, in, in Seattle. It's not, not what you hope the king would be if you're trying to make a run. And I think you Darvish has to be out of this list. We talked about him earlier this season as well. Darvish still with an ERA of six. He's 0-3, uh, just way off his career numbers since uh, in Chicago this year. Those are my two votes for disappointing you know, pitchers. You know, who's, you know who's a disappointment? And then I'm going to break this down. Then it happens a lot with these pitchers. The, the Oakland guys never seem to pan out when they get out of Oakland the guy that are groomed by their fan system. is Sonny Gray. Oh, yeah. He's doing horrible. Like, Sonny Gray is not a good pitcher. I could have said that. But I don't want to be the homer. People say, oh, 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 Sonny Gray. No, Sonny Gray is, he had that run support with the Yankees. He's not even winning. He He's not a good pitcher. Sonny Gray is not doing, he's not doing what he's supposed to do. No, he is not performing the way they would have hoped either. He is actually at about, a, I think he's uh, above six. Looks like 639 ERA right now. He's got uh, 24 walks to 32 strikeouts. 
uh, so far this year. That, he is, pitched, that is not what they would have hoped. He pitched bad again last night against the A's, his former team. He gave up five runs again. Yeah, yeah not, a, not, a good, uh, not a good start to the weekend by the Yankees last night. People, oh. people always say, yo, you, you a hater because you should, you should embrace the guys that the Yankees get. No, if they get somebody who sucks, they kind of suck. It's not going to make a difference that they in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Last night he uh, he threw five innings. He gave up five runs and in five innings. All of them earned two home runs, uh, three walks, two strikeouts. His ERA went up uh, last night to to six thirty nine. Sonny Gray, good pick for uh, for disappointment. So when I when I watch Sonny Gray pitch, it's just it's just flat, man. There's no there's no explosion to his game and to his pitching. It's just flat, flat, flat. You know. I, yeah, I he looks like a guy that shouldn't be on the Yankees. He looks yeah. like a guy that should be eating innings in the middle of the country. Yeah, you know what I mean, like he should be yes. on a team like, like he should be a Brewers number four star. Oh wow, good point, Lester. He does look like a Brewer. So uh, now let's talk hitters because there's been some disappointing hitters too. And you say you got one of those too. Who do you got, Attorney? Yeah, I got Marcelo Zuna from the Cardinals. Now the Cardinals have always been a good team, just a solid organization. But last season, they lacked a, a difference-making bat. You know, a bat in the middle of the order that could be that difference-maker. No disrespect to Tommy Fan, but he's not a true difference-maker. It's not him. It's not, he's not a difference-maker. A very quality hitter, a very productive hitter, but not that difference-maker. Then they go out and get Marcelo Zuna, who last year hit 37 home runs for the Marlins. This year, through 32 games, Marcelo Zuna is only hitting 246, and it's resulted in the Cardinals being 24th in the major leagues with OPS, with a 6.98 OPS. So that difference-making bat that the Cardinals anticipating Marcelo Zuna being, nope, hasn't resulted in any difference-making. The Cardinals still are towards the bottom of the major leagues in hitting. Yeah, this year he's got three home runs and 20 RBI so far. It has not been not been a career year for, uh, for Marcel Ozuna and the Cardinals. Another disappointment. Now, that said, as Cisco pointed out uh, before the show, the Cardinals are at the top of their division. Could Ozuna still turn this around? Could he find hit season? Is he getting into it? Could he bring it back? You know why they're at the top of, the, the top of their division? Because the one, division's bad. One, not even oh, that, too, but one, they're well-coached. Well, Mike Matheny, he's a hell of a coach. Two, the organization is very structurally sound. The Cardinals have one of the better Talk organizations in, yep, in, in baseball. And three, their pitching staff has been great. Carlos, Carlos Martinez has developed into a true ace. Uh, Nicholas, the kid Nicholas, I forget, what's his first name? Uh, what's the guy? I can't come up with it. I don't oh, know. man, I just talked about him, too, the other day on, on Sports Notar. But he's 4-0 and with, with an ERA in the ones, low ones. So the pitching staff has been good for the Cardinals. The lineup hasn't been good. But I think they're going to turn it around. Once, 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 like you say, Lester, once hitting season gets here and Azuna heats up, I think the Cardinals are a team to watch in the NL Central. You know, you know who I got for a disappointment as a hitter? Who you like? Lester, he's on your team. Oh, no. Is it Alfaro? Carlos Santana. Oh, really? Uh, you know what? He has been disappointing this year, to be honest with you. Uh, because, because if Carlos Santana was performing, the, the Philly will be in first place. Now, he's had a couple of big hits for us. He's had a couple of big bats, but he has not been consistent, has been the problem with Carlos Santana this year. He hasn't been able to really find that stroke. The contract, because I mentioned him because they pay him a big contract. You, you love the contract guy. He's a good veteran in the locker room, though. That's why they got him. I know. See, the problem with him is that he bumped everything around. I, I like him being there. I like his presence. I like him as a vet. I like his bat. But he, 
in my mind, he kind of shifted where guys played and confused things on the team from my standpoint. I like him there. I like watching him play. And I'll tell you what, he's a hell of a first baseman. Yes. But uh, but it's it, a little off. And I'd like him to hit a little more. You are right, Cisco. He has not been doing what he but should those, but, those, but those clubhouse guys are very valuable in today's game. Well, yeah. Especially but, on a young yeah, team. Yes. Yeah, by Ficarlo Santana, by Ficarlo Santana perform that feeling can make a run because that's what they need right now is Carlos Santana to perform. Mm-hmm. And they'd be all set yep. right now. Well, I'm going to take, uh, for my most disappointing hitter uh, so far, they're actually, the two guys that I thought have been disappointing so far this year are starting to turn it around. I don't think we can have a discussion about disappointing hitters without mentioning the name Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, he has started to come back, but he is not so far been the guy that the Yankees hoped he would be when they shelled out the money to bring him to the Bronx. And it's just, I think there's no way to deny that. And I think the other guy who's again, a great hitter, but having a bad year might just be the team is Joey Votto over at the, uh, over in, in Cincinnati. He is having a bit of a down year. Now he's still hitting 283, but that's like 30 points off his average. His, uh, his power's down and his war is way, way down this year. He is just not, not performing in the way that one would hope, but you know, he's on the red. So their whole team is not performing can in I, the way one would hope. Can I tell you the problem with Joey Votto? Joey, Va- Joey Votto, like everybody, everybody knows about Joey Votto. What stands out about Joey Votto is his, his elite plate discipline. He does not chase pitches out of the show, out of the zone, rarely strikes out, always works a walk, always gets on base. But this year, earlier in the year, up until this point, he's been chasing pitches. He's been striking out more. He's just not been it's the Joey Votto that everybody knows. Joey Votto, like, in terms of, like, not chasing a pitch out of the zone, you would never see, ever, ever, ever see Joey Votto chase a pitch out of the zone. And, and, and a lot of people got on him for that because he would work so many walks that his RBIs and his, his, and his uh, run producing, his, his, his ability to produce runs was not where it needed to be at because he was always walking and getting on base. But this year, I guess he heard the noise and – and started chasing pitchers to pitches to produce more runs, and that has led to him striking out more. You know what? That's an excellent point, attorney. He is a uh, last year. He played 162 games last year for the Reds. He struck out a total of 83 times. This year, in 38 games so far, he has already struck out 24 times. That wow. is way up. If you're Joey Votto. Yep. All right. See, so we got uh, we got our disappointments out of the way. Uh, what else do we have to talk about here? I wanted to mention the, the Dodgers. Do we want to talk about the Dodgers running out of time? Uh, yes, they are running out of time. If those Dodgers don't start hitting, especially in the power department, their season will be over very quickly. They're 16. Do you know who's having a good year for them? Mark Kemp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is having a good year. But listen, the, the, the Dodgers are 16th in batting average, 244 team batting average, 21st in slugging percentage with a 392 slugging percentage. They only have 32 home runs as a team. They're only ahead of the Tigers with 31 and the Marlins with 27. The Dodgers – not, not a group you want to be in. The, exactly. The power-hitting Dodgers, the, the Hollywood stars, they only have 32 – team? Yeah, they only have 32 home runs this season and a team batting average of 244. Oh, my goodness. They better turn it around quickly because that NL West is tough. They are six games below 500 right now. They are eight games out of first place. They are three games behind the Giants. They are only two games ahead of the Padres. And it has know, not been a good start to the season. For the Cisco, Dodgers. Cisco, I know, I know you're a big Dave Roberts fan. Defend your guy, man. What's going on with him? I'm not a big Dave Roberts fan. 
I never bring in no, I never bring and I remember Dave Robert stole second base. Yes. I remember. Rex, I'll sweep us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, no, oh yeah, Yankee fans stuff. remember that. Yes. So the Red Sox. Yeah, fans. yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not. Started the four days. Hey, no, Justin Turner. When he's coming back? Good point. Forgot about Justin Turner. They, right. they, you know, they that has been part guy. of the problem in LA. They've got a lot of injuries right now. They're dealing. They're dealing with guys uh, missing time. They're dealing with uh, guys not getting the reps that they thought. Bj, 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 Ryu got hurt too. And Seager's out for the year. Can the Dodgers turn it around, or did they lose this? We talk all the time in baseball. They say you can't win it in April, but you can lose it in April. Ker- Have they already lost this year? Ker- Kershaw's hurt as well, too, isn't he? Yeah, Kershaw, yeah. Is, uh, I believe he's out for a bit as well. Oh, so the, that is the question. Are they done? Should they shut it down? You know what? Screw it. This is not the year. Or, uh, or what do you do if you're in L.A.? I mean, it's when you have a payroll that high – and Magic, That's exactly the problem. And Magic Johnson's, you, you know, your owner and the guy calling the shots is kind of hard to tank. And don't get me and wrong, though. LA. Hey, look at the other L.A. team in, in the other sport. The Lakers, they tank. That's a Magic, that's they a Magic tank. Johnson team. Yeah, they tank. So maybe Magic Johnson can see the Lakers, what they did by tanking. Maybe he'll tank with the Dodgers. But I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. Trust the process, Dodger fans. No, respect the process. If you got – check me out on Sports in Order. I have, a new, I have a new slogan for my New York Knicks fan base. We're not in Philly. We ain't trusting no process. We respect the process. I don't know if fan base is the right word for the Knicks, but we'll argue about that in a different <laughs> hey, listen, time there. Listen, this is a baseball show there, attorney. Let's go. Let's go. But that, that, that NL West, man, they ain't a losing streak. The whole league is on a losing streak. In the NL West, the, 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 the whole division is on a losing streak. Yeah, each, uh, each team in that division has lost at least two games in a row right now, including the uh, – Arizona has dropped a couple of games to the Nationals, who are heating up. That has uh, been going the other way. The Nationals have won two in a row at the expense of Arizona. Yeah. So I think that I think there's room for the Dodgers to come back this year. I don't think they should quite shut it down yet, but it's getting to the point where they might want to consider not wasting some guys. You know, it's a tough thing to say in mid-May that that, that you're looking at the end of your season, but. It could be the case if they don't start hitting soon. You are right, attorney. They need to start waking their bats up out there in uh, in, in Chavez Ravine. You know, yeah. we you know we forgot to mention as the biggest disappointment, one of the bigger disappointments in terms of hitting, Yasiel Puig. You know, you're right about that. And especially last year seemed like a breakout year for him. He's a guy that has always had potential, always had uh, the uh, the possibilities. Like Odubel Herrera, he's had trouble with focus, but last year he really seemed to put it together, and especially in the postseason, became a fearsome sort of bat for the Dodgers. And to I me, have not heard his name this year. To me, to me, Yasiel Puig is the Tanaka of the hitter. Stop they it. Oh, Stop it, bro. Yasiel Puig, Puig, Puig started off really hot until he hurt his leg. After that, Yasiel Puig has become a hitter that bro. he has Tricky. He bro. has been tricky. Same thing. Bro. Same thing like with Tanaka. Last year, Yasel Puig had a good run like Tanaka did. They they are equivalent. What Tanaka is bro. for pitching, Yasel Puig is for the hitting. Bro, Tanaka. Cisco, you broke the attorney. Bro, Tanaka, bro. Tanaka struggles and pitches bad because of his stuff and his flat stuff sometimes up in the zone because he's not an overpowering pitcher. Yasiel Puig stinks because of lack of focus and just not caring about the game. Yeah, taking his eye off the ball yeah. as a both a metaphor and reality. Yasel Puig is a Yasel Puig is actually a very passionate player. 
I can't congratulate somebody who plays that game with a lot of passion. Yeah, showing up to the ballpark two hours late is, is passion, right? In he plays play- with passion. He just doesn't do it on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Come on. Don't ever disrespect Tanaka again like that, bro. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Tanaka cares about the game, bro. Tanaka puts the work in. He's just not very good. Stuff's not very good. Yeah, same thing with same thing with Yasuo Puig. Like he's very strong, he's very physically good. He's just not performing. No, he's not focusing, well, brother. Yeah, I think he's like Odubo Herrera in that sense. I think they're very similar players, and that they both have such great potential if they could keep their minds on the game all the time. You know, there's there's guys who are who are good because they are always focused. Where they don't quite have the tools, except they're always just such into it and. And Puig and Herrera are guys that have just been so good their entire lives that they haven't had to have that direct focus until now when it seems like they can't seem to pull it. You know? Do you got, did you guys ever hear the story about Yasiel Puig and Luis Gonzalez? I'm going to say no. Luis no. Gonzalez, the former Diamondback legend, you know, the guy that hit the, the game-winning hit off Mariano Rivera in the World Series. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. This the poorly positioned bloop. Yes, yes, yes. I think this might have been last year. It was two years ago, I think. This was Yasiel Puig. You know, he's he's at, they're playing the Diamondbacks. They're in Arizona. It's BP. You know, Puig is at the cage getting his swings in. And Luis Gonzalez comes up to, to Puig and, and starts to talk to him. And, and, you know, tries to give him advice and tries to just find out about him and what's, what his nature is and blah, 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 blah. And the story is that Yasiel Puig completely ignored Luis Gonzalez. Like, completely disrespected him. Completely tuned him out completely just didn't even acknowledge him. And from that point on, Luis Gonzalez says he's never said another word to Yasiel Puig again due to the disrespect. Well, that's a guy that sounds like, you know, either you can say that he was so focused because he didn't want to talk to an opposing player or he didn't care. I don't know what the deal is. No, no, no. This was after Luis Gonzalez retired. He was like, I think, an an analyst with the – this is pregame, like three hours prior to the game. You know, when everybody's on the field, he might have been. Yeah, yeah, that's your chance to talk to people. Yeah, yeah, Louis Gonzalez. I think he might have been a Diamondbacks coach or a Diamondbacks broadcaster. He was something in the Diamondbacks organization, not a player. He just was going up to be friendly to talk to Yasiel Puig because it was his first time meeting him, and then Yasiel Puig just completely blew him off and didn't give him the time of day. Well, fellas, we are running out of time here on episode six of Basehead, so I want to turn to our regular uh, end game segments here, and and and. We start that by turning to Cisco the Realist for the Realist segment. Cisco, what do you got this week in the Realist? The Realist of the week. And I feel very, maybe people in St. Louis are the only one who might not feel this way. But I feel that Yariel Molina doesn't get the credit he deserves when it comes to great players and great catchers in the history of the game. I think I think Jariel Molina will be a Hall of Famer. He should be he should be in the Hall of Fame right when I, he retired. First ballot. I don't know about first ballot, but I definitely think Yadier Molina is headed for the Hall of Fame. He well Jariel Molina has Jariel Molina has really dominated that pitching stuff, like he's been able to control that pitching stuff and done a great job through the years. Yariel Molina is ranked second all-time amount catcher in defensive run save with 130. Yariel Molina has close to close to 900 close to 900 assists. You know, Cisco. Who's the- Yariel, 
Yariel Molina is already an eight-time All-Star, have won eight gold gloves, four platinum gloves, two World Series. I mean, it's very hard. 284, batting average for a catcher. That's very, that's very impressive, man. Cisco. I think his stats are very impressive, man. Cisco. Go ahead. Who's your best? Who Who's a better defensive catcher all time? Pudge Rodriguez or Yadier Molina? It's a good question. Most it's people would good, take Pudge. It's a good. It's a good question. You probably some people will take Pudge, but Yadier is not far behind. Who? It's trivia good. question: What team did Pudge Rodriguez win a World Series with? Come on, man, Marlins. Marlins? Oh, okay, I, I, a lot of people forget about Pudge with the Marlins. A lot of people forget the Marlins were ever good. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what's crazy? The Marlins won the World Series in their first every year as a team. Oh, trust me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Embarrassed the crap out of the Phillies on the way. Yes. Uh, so the realist this week is Yadier Molina. We're saying Yadier Molina doesn't get the, uh, the recognition he deserves. You know, he's always mentioned among the best catchers in the game. Uh, he's, his name is always, you know, top 10. But it's, sometimes you see him at the top. Some years and others you don't. I'm with you, Cisco. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's first ballot, uh, but I, I definitely think uh, well, I definitely put, think he's there. Well, put it this way. He's impacts winning for his team. He's a top five Cardinal of all time, I think. He, he wow. Impact, he impact winning for his team. So in terms of his impact, he's pretty much, he is pretty much for them, while he is pretty much for the catcher. Well, as is me, used to be for the shortstop. Yes, good point. It's a good point. He has anchored that team for 15 years. Yes, so I mean, he has probably two more years, two more good years left, two more good left year in him, maybe two more, two more uh, NOSA game. That will give him 10, maybe two more gold gloves, and he can do it. He has four platinum gloves, man. Four That's- platinum gloves. It's a great catcher back there in St. Louis. All right, the realist this week is Yadier Molina in St. Louis. Cisco the realist says, you're the realist one this week, and we will see you in the Hall of Fame later. With that, let's turn our attentions to the attorney at sports for our closing arguments. Attorney, who are you putting on the stand this week? Before I move to that, let me ask another trivia question. I think I'm going to change my segment to the trivia question. I like this. I like this. Go for it. I'm going to change my segment. Not this show. But going forward, I'm going to change my segment to the trivia question segment. So I got questions for days, man. But anyway, that in that 2003 Marlins World Series team, what future Hall of Famer, and it probably at, when it's all said and done, a top 15 player of all time, was a rookie third baseman on that team? Miguel Cabrera, 19 years old. Oh, damn. Okay. Damn, that was quick. <laughs> Did you know Lestro? I, uh, you know what? I probably would not have gotten that one, and I definitely would not gotten it that quick. Cisco, he, on point, the realist bringing it. And he also had that record for RBIs for a rookie. I, bringing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. Yo, who, who was second? Yo, uh, we'll get to that another time. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up to the stand, I'm going to bring up Manny Machado. Manny Machado to the stand. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's, Cisco like this one. Me. Cisco like this one. Cisco, why? Cisco, this is for you. Why is Manny Machado performing? Contra year. Exactly. (laughs) These clowns, man. These clowns always want to wait to their contract year to put it all together, man. I'm telling you. Contra year, man. And Didi, and Didi's falling off, man. Uh, I know he just got two more hits today, though. Didi's back. He's pitching. He's hitting well. But anyway, but anyway, have a couple games off. Anyway, Manny Machado, man. In New York. (laughs) 
Manny might be in your yard if Diddy keeps falling off. <laughs> Manny Machado, Manny Machado in a contract year, and when the Orioles are the worst team in baseball, now he wants to hit. What is he hitting? 330, 10 home runs. Now he wants to put it no, all together. Did he hit no, two in a game this week? No, yo, 354. Yeah, exactly. Cra- crazy numbers when it means nothing and he's about to get $500 million. But the second he signs that that pen to paper and gets that $500 million, Manny Machado yeah. will, be back, go, will go back to being the inconsistent player with so much talent and potential. These contract year players, you know, they, 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 they make just, me laugh. It's not just a contract year. Manny Machado is playing as an audition to get off the Orioles right now. You got you to gotta figure that he is trying to make his way to a team that's going to have a shot. At some point, you know, and and so he's got to he's got to play his way out of Baltimore. Yo, but 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 let's show. Why did he do that the past three seasons? That's a you know what? That's a good question. It's always the contract year that brings that up. Oh my gosh! I'm telling you, man. So we put over our closing arguments. The attorney puts Manny Machado on the stand this week. Take him to court. Yeah, he he don't want to see the attorney. He don't tell you that <laughs> much. A, the last thing you need is a subpoena from the attorney of sports. <laughs> exactly. Well, boys, let's uh, let's as we finally uh, as we as we turn our attention to the next week coming up, let's look at the fantasy for the week. What do you guys got? A couple of quick tips for our uh, for our listeners who, who who play the fantasy baseball. We know both of you do. What are your uh, what are your quick tips for fantasy this week? I got one hitter I want you guys to take a look at picking up, and that's that's Matt Adams from the Washington Nationals. He's been hitting in the high three hundreds. I believe his average is three ten. He has 11 home runs. There's been a lot of injuries in the Nationals lineup, so he's got the opportunity. And he's given you a source of batting average and a source of power. What more can you ask for in fantasy baseball? You're getting power and average. Got to take a look at picking up Matt Adams. And a pitcher I want you to – value too, by the way. Yes, very good value. And a pitcher I want you to take a look at picking up, honestly, is CC Sabathia. Just had a bad outing last, last outing out against the Red Sox. But before that, in six starts, he was 2-0. With an ERA in the low ones, CC Sabathia is getting a lot of opportunities with the Yankees. I don't see that changing. Take a look at picking up CC Sabathia. I think that's a good pick too. If you have a chance, uh, if, if somebody has sold low on uh, on CC Sabathia, buy, get him on your team. You know, he's a guy that will come around through the summer. Yep. Cisco, what about you? Who you like this week in fantasy? I like a guy from the red name Scooter Gennett. Is it? Yes, get it. Yeah. Oh yeah, Scooter Gennett. <laughs> Nescura Janet, over the last seven games, he's batting four, 440 with 410 RBIs. <laughs> that's that's very impressive, especially in Cincinnati. Yes, he's he's doing he's doing he's doing amazing. And then I like a guy from the Twins, Mary Rosario. Taking guys a little bit off the radar in Twins and uh, in Cincinnati this week, Cisco. Nelly Rosario is batting 406 with 410 RBIs and one stolen base. All right, so there you go. Pick up, uh, pick up these guys if you got a chance on your fantasy teams to look ahead. And I'll tell you, you know me, I'm always looking ahead to see what kind of great games and series we have going on this weekend. I'll tell you, boys, I am watching this Mets-Phillies uh, series this weekend. I know that most people don't care because it's the Mets and the Phillies. But, uh, but I've been watching this one. That loss last night hurt me. I hate losing the Mets more than any other team. I'm also watching the Nats Diamondbacks keep playing this weekend. If you've been watching this series, this has been a battle, too. Uh, these two teams are good teams going at it. Uh, then on Monday, we have what I think is probably one of the, the, this, the two series of the week. The first one starts Monday, and it's the Houston Astros head to Los Angeles to take on the Angels in a massive NL, uh, AL West Matchup. I think you got to keep your eye on that. 
Then on Tuesday, the Yankees head to D.C. And it's the oh. Yankees at Nationals. And I think, Attorney, are you heading to one of these games? Yes, sir. I'll be in the D.C. area Tuesday night. The attorney will be at Nationals Park Tuesday night watching my Yankees take on the Nationals. So, uh, so, so D.C., hide your women. <laughs> Don't bring your women around the attorney. I'm telling you that much. Oh, my God. So that means now is the national turn to get on a hot streak. Like <laughs> oh, yes. spoken <laughs> like a true fan right there. <laughs> and, uh, and just one more series to look ahead to is next weekend, uh, the Dodgers head to uh, D.C. After the Yankees, the Dodgers head into Nationals Park. And I think that's, that's going to be a test. That's, we're going to get to see if the Dodgers are going to do anything when they take on the good teams. And uh, that's the one to watch next weekend. Sounds good to me. Well, boys, that's about the time we have for Baseheads this week. Uh, I'll just tell you, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for getting it going. I am Lestro. You can find me every week on Trash Talk Radio on the World of Sports Network. Over there uh, on Trash Talk Radio with the Guru, you can find me on Twitter at More or Lestro. Attorney, where can we find you? Yup, as usual, you can find me on Instagram at Attorney at Sports underscore. You can check me out on YouTube at the World of Sports Network YouTube channel. I have my show Sports and Order on there. Sports and Order. Yes, sir. We're already at episode three. We have obviously this beautiful show, Base Heads. We have everybody. Everybody has an opinion with me, Cisco, and Sean. And then me and the guru every Sunday on Instagram Live. We're on Sports Court. And Cisco, the realist, he is not a realist. He is the realist. Cisco, where can they find you? They can find me at Cisco, the realist, on Instagram. And they can find me uh, in YouTube, the realist segment. And they can find me on Cisco, the realist, in Facebook. And uh, once again, this has been Baseheads, brought to you by the World of Sports Network. We will talk to you again next week, where we're going to debut a new segment next week. We're going to have a propose a trade segment next week. So, uh, so we're going to hear what's, uh, what somebody thinks the trade should happen. Uh, and we're getting into the summer. We're getting into swap season, if you will. So let's, uh, let's next week look at propose a trade. Until then, I'm Lestro. That's the attorney. That's Peace. Cisco. Thanks for listening. Peace and Later. love. Peace and love.